mindfulness mode. If you ignore it, or if you project onto it, or if you're constantly feeling bad things about it, but you're not willing to, you know, share and address those, then it can feel really hard. Hey, Mindful Tribe, it is New Year's Eve day, almost about to turn to 2023. Thank you so much, Mindful Tribe, for being my listener and for being here to support Mindfulness Mode. And I wish you the very best and the most awesome 2023. And now let's go to today's episode. Hey, Mindful Tribe, we're here to talk about business finances. We're here to talk about mindfulness as we always do, but we're here to talk about the Lead Well Summit. And I'm here with Hannah Koenig, the the person that has arranged this Lead Well Summit, and she's going to tell us what this is all about, and she's going to tell us about mindfulness and how that how that dovetails with this summit, this exciting summit that's coming up in October. So, Hannah, Good to have you with us today. Are you in mindfulness mode today, Hannah? I am. I'm I'm here with my tea and it's it's gray and rainy and I'm cozied up in my living room and feeling very mindful. Well, that's perfect. That's that's painting a really really cozy picture of of what's happening already. So, Hannah, tell us what mindfulness means to you. For me, mindfulness is that beautiful moment of conscious pause where I'm able to observe um, observe my own thoughts from a neutral compassionate place observe the environment around me and I just have a moment to be and and to breathe and to choose before I respond before I engage before anything happens and that has been one of the most elevating and liberating um, tools in my life well, that's awesome. Now, Hannah, I know that uh, before we uh, hit record, you mentioned that you used to teach yoga and you've taught meditation before. What took you into this area where you started to do this teaching? I had a really challenging sort of turbulent young adulthood and I, I started looking for tools. I just, um, I realized one day in my early 20s that I didn't like I didn't feel good about much of anything in my life. And I started looking for tools to course correct. And I, I found yoga and, and my mom had actually always done yoga. I remember her studying with a Swami from the Bihar school when I was a kid and thinking it was so strange that this small Brown man was wearing an orange dress and sandals in Northern Wisconsin in the middle of the winter. And I just, I thought it was so weird. And then, um, and then some, somehow it sort of found its way to me or I found it my way to it. And I did my first yoga teacher training at Kripalu in Western Massachusetts um, in 2013. And then I also studied Kundalini yoga um, in, in Rishikesh with the Golden Bridge School of Yoga. And then I did my 500 hour in Bali, Indonesia with a program that no longer exists called Shakti Initiation. And then I went on to help facilitate and staff manage that program for about three years. And we were actually in that program, we were doing a lot of women's leadership work um, under the umbrella of a 300 hour. And it was, it was 
such a huge gift to my own becoming. And so did you become a full-time yoga teacher then? I did. I did for for a handful of years. And um, eventually, you know, when I came back to the States, um, I taught on the East Coast and trying to live and on a yoga teacher's income was really, really challenging. At one point I was teaching like 17 classes a week um, mm-hmm. and, you know, riding a bicycle and working as a part-time barista to sort of make ends meet. Um, and eventually, eventually I no longer teach, but, um, but I still practice. Yeah. What does your yoga practice look like today? Um, today it is less, uh, probably less, athletic, um, less, you know, fancy arm balance poses, more, more of a yin practice. I love yoga nidra. Um, I love breath work and, and a lot of just like walking and hiking in nature. Right. Well, tell us about your meditation then. So I'm assuming you, you taught meditation as part of the yoga. Is that right? Yeah. Um, we did Vipassana and other different styles of meditation. So um, we we also did what is called an Inkropalu yoga meditation in motion, where which was really liberating for me, where you're actually um, breathing and you're in a, a mindful state um, like meditation, but you are listening to the body and allowing the body to guide subtle movements, sort of like a walking meditation. Yeah. yeah. Do you uh, find you're able to spend a lot of time in nature these days? Does that feed you? Absolutely. Um, I, I have two dogs. So once or twice a week, we drive about 30 minutes out. Um, I'm in Kansas City in the Midwest. So walking through the neighborhood doesn't quite have that same impact that driving out and just spending two or three hours hiking around um, by the lake and they go off and they swim and they come back when they want to make sure I'm okay. But I, I just move and breathe and, and listen. And it's so beautiful. Wow. That sounds yeah. beautiful. And, and dogs can teach us so much about mindfulness. That's what I've found. What have your dogs taught you? Um, they are very, they, they remind me to be present. Um, you know, it's, it's easy as an entrepreneur running a business with a team, um, producing events, you know, doing, delivering to clients to get um, absorbed in the next thing on the to-do list. And um, I, I have a dog who's about four and then I have a puppy and the puppy, her name is Chicken. She will just come up and let me know like, hey, I need attention. I need you to be present with me. Um, and your phone being a part of this is not going to cut it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's great. I love that. Well, you have something coming up that's quite exciting, Hannah. I mentioned mm-hmm. it in the intro. You have a summit coming up. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. It's called the Lead Well Summit. And it is a global wealth summit for um, for everyday leaders. So our participants, this is our second annual event. Our participants are, you know, entrepreneurs, um, professionals, people in corporate leadership, um, even stay-at-home moms. And what I believe as somebody who's been doing leadership work for years is that we are all leading in our own lives. 
um, in, in a various, just a myriad of ways. And being well-resourced is one of the best things that we can do to support ourselves as leaders in our communities, in our homes, um, in our businesses, in our companies, in our offices. And um, that's, that's why I bring together every year a group of leaders. Um, all of our speakers are women. Um, and this year we have some of the best edu financial educators um, and leaders of our time. We have um, fintech founders, best-selling authors, and we have in-depth conversations about wealth and building wealth, especially for women, for people of marginalized identity um, mm -hmm. for five days. And it's, and we have community, we build around that and it, we resource each other with, with knowledge, with information, with tools, with education. We talk about credit, we talk about investing, we talk about financial trauma, we talk about um, financial wellness and, and we, we resource as a community and it's a really, really powerful event. And it sounds, it yeah. sounds really powerful. Now, is it true? You have uh, Raquel Curtis as part of this, don't you? Isn't yes. she going to be a speaker? Yep. Raquel Curtis. She has, she was a speaker last year and we had such great um, feedback that we brought her back again this year. And, and what's yeah. the angle that she takes when she speaks? Um, well, this year, her conversation is is a little bit different than last year, and actually, she and I are recording um, in in two hours, so an hour after this. Uh, but this year, she's going to be teaching about um, about mindfulness and mindset, and why it's important that we shift our perception and our relationship to money before we actually move into financial literacy and how that can transform the way we show up. And then she also teaches about building generational wealth and um, how to build wealth for your children, how to teach your children about wealth so that you're not just passing on money, but you're passing on wisdom and information and respect um, for finances. And uh, she's she's brilliant. She's been on Anthony O'Neill and so many other things. Have you had her yes. on? I haven't had her on yet. No. Yeah. I would love to introduce you. You'd love her. She's wonderful. I think she'd yeah. be a great fit for the show. Yeah. Yeah. So one of your goals is is just to share knowledge and skills and insights. Mm -hmm. Can you give us a little bit of insight about some people last year and some of the feedback you got from this incredible mm -hmm. summit that you did? Yeah. Well, last year, let's see, we had Allison Bird, um, Kate Northrup. Uh, Danica Patrick, the former NASCAR driver. Um, wow. So we had a lot of raw goddess, a lot of incredible speakers and so many more. Um, Dr. Eugenia Chang, she's a, a mathematician. And overall, the, the overwhelming feedback was um, so many people felt seen and supported by the diversity of our speaker lineup um, and felt themselves represented by seeing a lineup with with women from all races all backgrounds all identities and and so that was one of the biggest pieces of feedback um, a lot of a lot of our listeners shared with me that they um, you know 
continued to listen to the recordings throughout the year and Mm -hmm. when they were needing inspiration, motivation, perspective, um, and also the community, feeling feeling supported, getting to dive into and explore questions about complex topics, um, you know, somatic intelligence, all all different aspects of of leadership and um, different expressions of wealth. Right. We're really nourishing, really elevating, really eye-opening, um, and and having community because sometimes, you know, money um, and wealth is often something that feels like it's reserved for a select few, um, or feels like it's something that's taboo or inappropriate to talk about, and then we often feel siloed in our struggles with it, um, and. Yeah. You know, as you may know, shame is kind of like mold. It grows in the dark. Um, and so feeling like it was okay to talk about things like that um, and, and share and, and have that support was really transformational for people. Well, just so Mindful Tribe understands how this works, tell us how this this summit happens. This is a virtual summit, right? Mm-hmm. It's a virtual event. We run from October 17th through the 21st. Um, it's five days. You can register for free by email at leadwellsummit.com. Um, once you register, you'll get just a welcome email from us. And then to just let you know um, what to expect, how everything works. And sure. then from there, um, on October 17th, every day you'll get an email with um, three scheduled talks and on, on a variety of different topics. And um, you'll also get a workbook if it's helpful for you to write down and process. And then Mm -hmm. we host a community in in a Facebook group where you can then share and engage with speakers, with other participants, um, ask questions, those types of things. And so for five days, you'll get these talks. And we actually have two two bonus interviews as well that we'll be adding on day six. Oh, that's exciting. Is there a, a an option where you can pay? Sure, there is an option where you can purchase um, the recordings. We actually have two price points because we want to make sure it's really accessible for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's an option where you can purchase all of this year's recordings and last year. Um, and there's an option where you can just purchase this year if you want a more accessible approach. And what is the price point? Um, the price point during the event, I believe for... Uh, the over 40 hours of recordings is uh, $67 and then 37 for the 15, um, actually 17 recordings for this year's event. We wanted it to be the lower price point, less expensive than a tank of gas. That sounds very reasonable. So you have three options. You can do the, you can do the free option. You can do the $37 option or the $67 option. That's a lot of choices. That's great. And very accessible too. Yeah. We want to meet people where they're at. We, you know, my mission is, um, is to help close the wealth gap. There are a lot of ways that, um, Mainstream finance has made finance seem really confusing and complicated Mm -hmm. and hard and inaccessible to people. And we all, you know, my, even through my own work, one of the things that I realized was money is not that mysterious. Um, And really it's a relationship. And if we can help individuals better their relationship with 
the resources that support them, then they can show up and lead in their own lives, um, you know, with, with, um, with more support, with more fuel for their own missions. I think this is really great. So Hannah, the rest of the year, when you're not working on your summit, what are you working on then? Yeah, I work with small business owners and entrepreneurs. I help them, um, I help them grow and scale their businesses sustainably. I've been doing that since 2018. So about four and a half years. And, um, and I have um, a course coming for entrepreneurs to to help them with the financial components in their business yeah oh great uh tell me about that when's the course going to be out or do you know yet yeah um within the next six months so that'll be sort of wealth foundations we'll move through the more layered work initially the um the mindset, the the psychological and emotional aspects of money, financial trauma, and then it's really wealth foundations, and the the course is called Millionaire in the Making, and it's essentially how to retire as a millionaire regardless of your salary or income. So just slow, simple steps that you can take to plan for the future, to use your business as a tool for building wealth. Obviously, it's it's people who are not entrepreneurs are welcome to join, but that that's coming within the next six months. Oh, that sounds yeah. exciting. So Hannah, if you were to write a book, what would mm-hmm. the central theme of that book be? Yeah, that's a great question. I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, I actually wrote a co-author, I co-authored um, a chapter or I, I wrote a, a chapter for a co-authored book this year. And, sure. and the topic of that was financial, uh, was called Getting Naked with Money, um, okay. a, a guide to building wealth through financial intimacy. And when I was writing this chapter, I realized that the information was too much to pack into a chapter. Yeah. So I, I was like, maybe this is a book. Yeah. I think it is. I think I think this is really interesting how you've kind of uh, arrived at this place where money seems to be the topic that you help people with, and, <laughs> and particularly women. You particularly help women with money because there are very few things that we have more hangups about, are there, than money, money, money. We have so many hangups. Why do you think that is? Well, I mean, I think that living in capitalism makes that a little bit challenging because that is, that's a narrative, right? That's part of existing in the world we live in is that, that you need the resources that, we exchange to be able to participate, right? And money is essentially a value system. It's it's so money is this agreed upon value system where we're saying, um, you know, Bruce, I I really like that orchid. Um, what can I give you for that orchid, right? And and that's the exchange we're experiencing. Um, I think that it's challenging uh, because it it's also emotional, you know, right? Like our provision, Mm -hmm. our survival, our our desires, and often our early experiences with money um, are sort of hidden in our subconscious. So we see in studies when you're studying trauma and financial trauma, that often our beliefs around money are shaped before we're nine years old. And we pick Mm -hmm. those up from the subtle ways that, you know, our, our parents or our guardians 
feel about money, interact with money, experiences we had. And so it becomes this thing that that we often feel about before, you know, if it were just if it were just numbers, we all have access to um, a smartphone or a Texas instrument. We would all just figure out the math and it would be easy. Um, yeah. But it's more complicated than that. Yeah. It really is, definitely. Well, leadwellsummit.com is your website. L-E-A-D-W-E-L-L-S-U-M-M-I-T, leadwellsummit.com. So Mindful Tribe, check out the website and you can sign up for free. And then if you decide to go for one of the options, you can do that as well. But yeah. uh, this sounds like an excellent opportunity to learn and to just immerse yourself in this in this place where you can advance, you can you can move to the next step. Even if you take just a few of the pieces of advice that you learn in this summit, you can really better your life. Wouldn't you agree with that, Hannah? I would agree. I, you know, for most people, money is the number one source of stress and anxiety. And I want money to be the reason that you get to say yes to the things that matter to you most. I like that. That's that's awesome. Hannah, I always ask a question on my show about bullying, and I'm just mm -hmm. curious as to whether you have a story about bullying where mindfulness would have made a difference, because I know that you've done a lot of mindfulness in your life with your yoga and with your meditation. Do you have a story you can share with us? Yeah, I so I grew up um, below the poverty line. We were on food stamps as kids, and... Um, mm. I, we did our back to school shopping, um, at the, the only thrift store in town. It was a very small town, um, on, on bag day, which means for $1, you can fill up an entire grocery bag full of clothes, which meant I was wearing my, uh, my peers clothes to school. And I remember being teased about that. Um, I don't know, in fourth or fifth grade and, and I think mindfulness would have given me the ability to realize that um, there wasn't anything wrong with me and, and that the person who was teasing me, you know, that was their own projection and their own story. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And I think the fact that you've shared that you grew up below the poverty line, that tells me a lot about why you've devoted your life to helping women who want to get ahead and have some issues with money and don't quite know how to make this happen in their life but yet you are devoting yourself to helping these women that's that's really to be commended and i really want to just say that to you thank you very much for helping all the people that you help by doing what you do thank you yeah i'm the daughter of a single mother of four and resources matter yeah yeah for sure well, as we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. Mm -hmm. So just 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this. Who is one person who has been a powerful mindfulness influence in your life? Mm. My grandmother. Ah, oh, nice. Okay, my second question is about emotions. So how has mindfulness helped you deal with your emotions differently? Mm. It's taught me to honor them right? To be able to just to feel them and to be with them, even when it's uncomfortable. Ah, very good. Breathing. 
You talked a little bit about breathing already. Can you sum it up? Can you tell us a little bit more about breathing and how important that is in your mindfulness practice? Yeah, for me, breathing is like life force. So the breath and the awareness of the breath and the time spent um, intentionally breathing is enriches my experience of being alive. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's true for me as well. Can you recommend a book that's related to mindfulness? Mm. Uh, it's called The Tao of Leadership um, okay. by John, um, John Hader. Okay. It's a beautiful book and each page is a chapter um, with a piece of artwork and calligraphy and each each chapter is um, you know, they're short, but it's just beautiful wisdom that that's a book that I will, that I always buy like five or six copies of because I give it away so often. The Tao of Leadership. And could you repeat who the author is again? John um, Hader. I think it's H-E-I-D-E-R. Okay. Yeah, thank you. That sounds interesting. I haven't read that book and I, I love those kinds of books that you can just pick it up, read for 10 minutes and you just feel like you've really changed your day. You've, you've pivoted because you've just kind of filled yourself with something positive. And of course, the images that you've described, you know, that can be a really positive thing as well. So thanks for sharing that book. Do you have an app that you sometimes use or you sometimes recommend to your uh, the people that you work with, an app mm -hmm. that can help with mindfulness. I Insight Timer is great. Um, I actually don't use an app. What I use is there's a control setting on my phone where I set um, boundaries where I'm not allowed to use certain apps at certain oh. times. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Is that is that an app that does that, or is it? Um, it's a just, setting on. Is it on iPhone. your iPhone? Yeah. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. it's a setting on iPhone. Yeah. And and where do you find that setting? Do you know? It's um, a, it's a in it's oh. in the settings. Mm -hmm. Let me see if I can go in and. Find this is it. really interesting because I did not know that that particular setting was uh, part of iPhone. Yeah, it's in the settings, and I think it's under Screen Time. Okay. Yeah, app limits under screen time and that that way that i set myself. limitations for my apps so that i can't get notifications at certain times or anything like that and it's really quite liberating i really like that when you when you mentioned your phone i thought you were going to say you turn it off but this yeah. is this is almost the next best thing sometimes i do that um on vacation i will i will turn it off um, at home you know just in case there's an emergency i like to have it around, but yeah. Sure, of course. Well, it's so easy to get pulled in by whatever is going on, and you're mm -hmm. you just look at something on your phone, or you get an alert, and you look at it again, and yeah. and all of a sudden you're just really tied to it. So yeah, I appreciate that. I'm going to check this out under Screen Time on my control settings. Yeah. So that's cool. Well, as we wrap up the interview, Hannah, I want to ask you, do you have any final words of advice, maybe a word of advice regarding money or mindfulness and how it relates to money? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I would love for you to think about money as a relationship. And um, when you are intentional about building a relationship with money, money can be the most supportive and nourishing relationship you have. Um, and just like uh, a great relationship with a partner, 
um, if you ignore it or if you project onto it or if you're constantly feeling bad things about it, but you're not willing to, you know, share and address those, then it can feel really hard. Um, but it, it is a really easy relationship to repair um, or, or simple and maybe not easy. I would say it's a simple relationship to repair. And if you show up for money, money will absolutely show up for you. And, and again, it will be, it can be the most, um, the most fun and supportive relationship in your life. Money can be the one that says, you say, Hey money, I want to do this. And money can be like, let's go. Um, so, so I would encourage you to think of it that way. And, um, and, and when you move from the perspective of a relationship, just like it's a very mind mindful way of thinking about things, just like your relationship with your body or with your breath or with your dog. Um, so, so that helps it become less of this thing that you're in conflict with and, and more of this relationship that you are choosing to participate in. Well, Hannah, leadwellsummit.com is the website. And thank you again for being on the show and for doing what you do. All the best to you. Bye now. Thank you. I want to thank Palm Wonderful for being my sponsor. Drink it daily, feel it forever. For more info, check out palmwonderful.com. And with that, reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.